we all get stuck in what we should do or what we should have done. The word should can inspire us and it can inhibit us. It can get us moving and it can hold us back. Why is it so hard to move past complacency and get inspired to build the fulfilling future that we want? You are listening to Should Theory. Let's talk it out. Stories, interviews, and more to inform and inspire you towards building the future that you want. Get motivated, figure out how you want to shift, and then get your shift together. I'm Tara Grebe. Let's do this with the Should Theory. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Should Theory. I'm so glad that you're back and listening to us for another episode. I have with me today, Ash Marshall Odell. How are you, Ash? I'm great. How are you? I am good. I am going to cut right to the chase and just let you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. So go ahead. Sure. I am a spiritual teacher and mentor, as well as a Reiki master and teacher, and a certified personal coach, as well as an author. And I really love helping people to tune into themselves and get in touch with their own inner clarity and to discover really more about themselves for healing and empowering their lives for thriving. I love that. And when we get later in this episode, I want to ask you so many questions about everything that you just said, but let's, let's get to how you got to what you're doing now. So obviously this show is all about knowing that you need to make a change. You know, this, if it was about being straight on and knowing what you're doing from birth, we would call it something else. <laughs> so for you, Ash, what was your moment or your struggle where you said, mm, I'm doing this, but I really want to be doing that? Well, for me, actually, what brought me into what I am now doing and loving was actually a catalyzed by my daughter. And I actually suffered a very, very difficult childhood. There was a lot of trauma, um, mental, emotional, physical, sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. And I was a very fear-based mother and just person. My whole life was basically fear Mm. and very protective. And I knew that that was not healthy for my daughter. And so I was determined you know what? I'm going to change. I don't want to live my life like this. And I want my daughter to grow up healthy and strong. And I wanted to make sure that um, her life wasn't impacted by what my struggles had been. So I did uh, therapy for a long time and actually had a spiritual awakening in um, a trauma led group. It was very interesting. And it actually helped me to get completely in touch with myself and figure out what I really wanted to do with my life. I've had, I call Mm. it job ADD. I've done so many things in my life and (laughs) that didn't really ever fully satisfied me. And um, so I actually opened my own business and started doing what really gets me out of bed every day and just makes me feel wonderful. I, I love what I do. So Ash, were you doing something else for income at that time or were you just raising your daughter? Both, um, on and off. I've 
I worked as a business analyst at Nike when my daughter was first born. And then I was a stay-at-home mom for a while. Then I went into teachings. I was a, I have a master's of teaching. Mm-hmm. And so I subbed when my daughter was a little older and decided that uh, teaching children to regurgitate information for tests did not work for me. Right. <laughs> so... I left that and became a consultant. And so I was basically doing a project management work for um, a firm that did films and white papers and lots of research uh, awesome. based articles. Hence your yeah, career so ADHD that you were just talking about. Along <laughs> <laughs> with a lot of other jobs that I had had before. Yeah, I started work at 15. So so yeah, I worked a long time. you talked about during during your therapy that you were go- well actually I'm going to back up before that which is something that you said about um, imposing your own fears and um, insecurities on your daughter and then having that be her reality scared you mm-hmm. into doing something different and I have to say you know that is such a wise position that you had the foresight to be in because certainly there's no handbook with parenting and I think (laughs) for sure. And I think that, you know, when I talk to people on this show, very, very often people will go back to their own upbringing and talk about their parents' desires for them their parents' thoughts about what they should be doing for a career or how they should be living their lives or where they should be living. And generally out of love, right? Generally parents wanting to be supportive, but nonetheless, their influence on children, our influence on our children is so strong. And I'm going to say that probably 60% of the time we don't even realize it. And I would say it's as simple as you know, somebody said to me once, if you want to know what you sound like, just listen to your children, right? <laughs> because they, they mimic your tone, they mimic your, your habits and your actions and your phrases, you know, and I, like I said, I think unintentionally, um, you know, they watch us with our own insecurities or our own hesitations. And I can't tell you how many times I have had people say to me, you know, I did this because I wanted to show my children that you could be what you wanted to be or accomplish things or make a life change or have choices or, you know, a countless amount of things. So I think it's great that you realized early on, you know, that that potentially those feelings that you were having could influence her and therefore you needed to make a shift. I think that's been absolutely. It's it's crucial for the next generation to yeah let them grow up in a healthy environment and to know even if you have issues, it's okay to get therapy. It's okay to get help and make changes in your life so that you live your right life out loud. So once you made this decision and you you realized that you wanted to go more into the intuitive, um, spiritual, supportive zone. Um, what was that shift like? Did you have to convince people it was a valid thing? Did you, did you have to, did you, what did you have to do, I guess, to make that change? Cause I know there are people listening right now that are very, what I'll call meat and potatoes that'll go, Oh, that's all woo woo. And I, I don't know if I'm going to the rest of the show because it's, you know, that's just weird. I don't believe in that, whatever. And I think that, um, 
you know, there are people that have a lot of questions. So once you made this decision, what was your process? And like I said, did you have to get other people on board or was it just, I'm I'm all in and this is what I'm doing no matter what? Pretty much I'm all in and this is what I'm doing. Um, Once you start recognizing um, that you need to make changes and that what you're doing currently isn't helpful for yourself, and if you're driven and determined like I am, you're going for it. You're, you're getting in there and you're getting it done. And mm-hmm. that was very much my mindset. And it was all about changing me internally. Right. And so when I talk about spirituality, it's not a religion. It's not, um, it's not what I would consider woo. It's more just getting to know yourself mm-hmm. very deeply and getting in touch with your own internal communications mm. or body communications constantly right i love that you know we're hungry we're thirsty we're tired um we need a break we need an alone time we might need to be around a group of people to get our energy back up you know it's it's really truly just getting to know yourself and how you work best in the world and it is simple as that to be quite honest and you can go deeper if you want or stay there it's all valid but really it's getting to know who you are what your motivations are your desires your needs, your wants, your beliefs, your consciousness, as it were, of yourself. We often sort of live in the top layers, you know, like um, we don't want to look at any of the parts that, you know, are dark or if we have a thought that isn't like this wonderful, lovely thing. We have this, you know, sort of nasty thought. We're like, oh, and we, we want to turn away from it. We don't want to acknowledge it. Well, it's part of us. I mean, it's our mm-hmm. thought. It, it exists within us and acknowledging it understanding it and getting to know yourself on that deep level so you can move forward and make those changes by really truly owning all the parts of yourself not just the wonderful lovely good parts but you know the parts that aren't socially acceptable or right what a lot of people call shadow work you know where we have drives and needs you know and there's still a part of you doesn't mean you have to give in to them but when you acknowledge them you actually gain some control over that. Mm-hmm. You start understanding it and you can choose differently when you're aware versus not aware. So there, there are lots of different things. And for me, with um, when I started in the group um, that was helping women with trauma, mm-hmm. it was really with the Riso Hudson Enneagram. And it's a personality indicator. And it's, it's rather like... Um, nine types so you have like reformer the researcher and the hedonist they're just it's just personality types Mm -hmm. and it has both the good and the positive and it really is so that you become aware of your triggers so what triggers you is it loud noises and you're all of a sudden like ah and you just can't deal and you start learning those triggers so that you can undo them and react differently that makes sense yeah and so um once you kind of had an, an idea in your mind about how what you wanted to do, what did you have to do on the back end to make that business goal now a reality? I had to really overcome fear. <laughs> Don't we all? Absolutely. A lot of fear, right? It's a very human thing. Mm-hmm. And 
I really truly needed to believe in myself, which I had not prior to this. Right. And when you're raised in an environment where you receive really terrible messages over and over and over again about yourself right, as being not good enough and not wanted and uh, not valuable just as you are as a person, right? it really affects you deeply. And I had to work really hard on all of those. And I had to learn not to get into the stress response, you know, where just a thought, a memory, a smell, a sight, a sound would trigger me. And all of a sudden my adrenaline is rushing and I'm having an anxiety attack walking down the street or going into the store. So all of that took a lot of concentrated effort and work and uh, a lot of therapy, a lot of Mm -hmm. meditation, which was really hard in and of itself because Sure. If you're anxious, quiet your mind is really difficult, but, um, but a lot of time and a lot of effort. Yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. It I think that's interesting when you said learning not to get into the stress response with a sound or a smell. Um, you know, often we will think about positive memories. You know, people talk about a smell of a certain food brings you back to your favorite dish your mom used to cook or, uh, you know, somebody's perfume or cologne you know, fondly of a person, or, um, you know, you hear a song and it brings you back to, oh, that high school dance, you know, whatever. And I think we often think of it positively, but frankly, there are probably equal triggers of sights and smells and sounds that, that influence us negatively. And I feel like we don't necessarily think about that, but that's something as simple as I would say something as simple as people getting knots and butterflies in their stomach on Sunday night knowing they have to go to work on Monday morning would be in that category. Absolutely. Yes. For me, after I had been working uh, for a while and um, doing this particular job and I would get text messages, you know, at just odd times. So like six 30 on a Sunday evening, Hey, can you join this meeting? I need to do a video chat with Thailand to get this movie off the ground. And then, you know, Sunday morning at, 8 a.m., you know, here's a ding, you know, you should do this. Can you do this? And it got to the point where just those noises from my phone, I believe it, ratchet anxiety up. And uh, it's truly amazing once you start recognizing what the triggers are and making those changes. It uh, definitely helps you out because you think more clearly when you're not in a stress response, right? So because when you're in a stress response, literally your thinking brain cuts off and your emotions, which are chemical hormones, flood your body and you have adrenaline just spurting. So you're ready to run or fight. And so getting out of that so your mind can re-engage is super helpful in decision-making and seeing choices in front of you. Absolutely. I'm going to pause you for one second because I'm going to make my dogs go out and close the door. So hold on one second. I can edit this out. So just hang on. They heard a noise and who knows what, but I can edit that out. (laughs) Okay. So you were talking about, um, we were talking about that stress response. What I'd like to get into now is um, the, the Reiki part of what you do. And also, I guess I'm trying to think of how I want to word this, but suggestions that you would have for people who are struggling, um, you know, with all the things that we're talking about, those triggers, those stress response, 
responses, uh, having fear that they need to overcome. So I guess first let's talk about your advice and then I'd love to get into the Reiki. Absolutely. So the way the brain works are cells fire different parts of the brain cells mm-hmm. fire to create memories or, you know, for thinking. So different regions of the brain activate when you're having a negative memory, mm-hmm. you'll have certain cells fire. And what you really want to do is you want to change your attention and activate different regions of the brain. So you get out of that because you get into a neurofeedback loop. The body just does it. It's sort of like uh, wearing a rut in the carpet, as it were, when you go around in circles. So to get out of that, you really can simply just go outside and go for a walk. Count five or 10 things that you can see, hear, smell, taste, and feel. So for instance, the uh, breeze on your skin, the sun Mm. on your face, or the rain, your clothes rustling. Um, The really great one that's super hard that really gets you active is trying to parse out something you can taste in your mouth. Counting Mm. five of those will definitely get your brain engaged very differently because each region is associated with a different part of your brain. Right, right. And another way is to um, go and do something that makes you laugh. Go find a joke or something. Just take a five minute. Laughter is a huge uh, catalyst for change and it lifts up your mood music dance i love that um yeah all of those things are are wonderful at getting you back in your body and especially when you're triggered because your 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 attention gets really caught and so refocus is amazing right and so you know those are great for those short-term moments where you're overwhelmed by anxiety or overwhelmed by self-doubt or like we said something triggered a stress response, what would you say uh, to someone who long-term is looking to connect more intuitively with their own thoughts um, and processes? Where would they start? What would they do? Well, first of all, it just depends. So if, if you've had a traumatic childhood, often we need therapy because our beliefs determine so much in our life, Mm -hmm. how we think, how we feel, how we process things, how we relate to other people. So when we need to really get in touch with ourselves, the first stop I would say for people that have had, you know, a very difficult time and it could be, you know, just something bad happened in their life. It can be very hard to overcome. Right. And getting that therapy to help you process through it appropriately is really crucial in my opinion. If you are like me and you had long-term and severe trauma, Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually ended up doing energy work with that, which, um, that coupled with therapy made huge strides. Cause I had done the traditional talk therapies and I couldn't quite get past, like it took me as far as it could with EMDR, which was the, um, eye movement, uh, desensitization, desensitization. Right. And I can't recall exactly what the acronym means. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of, it just stuck there. And the reason being is our emotions are just hormones. They're chemical messengers that run through our body. And science has proven we actually store them in our physical bodies. Right. We really do. And so it can be very hard to overcome them. 
And for me, energy work actually helped me to process those out of my body, which brought huge amounts of relief and made huge changes in my therapy, like massive leaps forward. And I was able to overcome tremendous difficulties and challenges from my childhood. That's wonderful. So I feel like uh, for some people, all that you've been talking about are things that people can relate to, or even if they didn't quite understand, it can make sense, you know, intuition. And like you were saying, our body sends us messages all the time. It's just that we think of it as something else or don't recognize where it's coming from or what it is. But talk a little bit, you mentioned that you're a Reiki master. Can you talk a little bit about what Reiki is for people who may not know? Absolutely. So everything is measured in vibration or hertz, uh, light waves, sound waves, brain waves, emotions are all measured in hertz. So for instance, shame, which is the lowest at 20 hertz, below which is essentially death, mm-hmm. is a particular vibration. You have um, anger or fear at 100, anger at 150, courage 200, and then you have hope at 400. Enlightenment is about 700. So when we think about that, we don't have to necessarily tune into the electromagnetic waves mm-hmm. of, of Hertz, but we're tuning into feelings. So the higher vibration emotions, hope, bliss, joy, peace, happiness, contentment, we recognize those. We recognize the feeling when we have those. Um, say, for instance, your arm is broken. Mm-hmm. But you feel really good. You've had this wonderful day. You're laughing and talking. You don't notice that pain at all, do you? Right. Now, say, for instance, something terrible has happened. The pain feels worse, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It's very much about how we focus on that. And Reiki is itself a particular set of frequencies, again, which is vibration measured in hertz. And you are attuned to these and you're able to basically run Reiki Mm -hmm. and it helps. It's an energy. So a lot of people feel it as heat. So if I'm applying it, they'll feel warmth, um, tingling, cold, um, push pulls. They'll have sensations in their bodies. Mm -hmm. They'll experience that. Like I have people that will just start coughing or, you know, they'll feel like this pressure or something. And what's happening is that the the frequencies, if you take a one frequency in the same range as a lower frequency and you bring it together, like two tuning forks, like an A tuning fork, and you have one that's still, you strike the other and it's vibrating and you bring it next to the still one, the other one will start vibrating at the same frequency. Mm -hmm. And so motion is helpful when we are talking about energy the more energy moving through that it feels like a, a still room if it's hot and stifling and there's no air moving it doesn't feel very good right right but once you turn it on you get the air circulating it just feels better well the same thing is true of our bodies and it's just energy and you can you learn know, to work with your own energy right what's interesting to me about that is when i think about the correlation with Uh, suggestions that I've read and heard countless times about if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling stressed, that just the simple act of getting up and moving around, not sitting still can be so helpful. And then 
a layer on top of that would be going outside into nature, into the world, getting some fresh air, you know, maybe a brisk walk, whatever, how that can have such a great effect on your state of mind, on your, uh, what would the word I want be, I guess, your attitude <laughs> towards the world, you know? Um, and so again, I think for those of us that may not be in tune with uh, things of a spiritual nature, or at least not familiar with it, I think when they listen to things like this, there'll be times where they can say, oh, well, I felt that before, or yeah, I felt better after I moved before, or oh yeah, once I got some fresh air. I mean, how many times do you hear people say, I just need to go get some fresh air? And they go outside again, it's your body sort of driving you towards what you need, even though we don't really realize that it's a message center. You know, um, my, my husband and I were talking one day about that saying, you know, the, talking about guides and intuition. And I said, you know, that gut feeling that you get like, Ooh, this is a great idea or Ooh, this is a bad idea. There it is. We call it a gut feeling, but it's really something else. And I think uh, that I really love the idea of bringing this level of knowledge to our listeners because so many people are here listening because they feel a conflict in their lives. They feel a hole, something's missing, and they want to do something different, but they want to know how to feel better. And it may not be, you know, the, the end result of, of the goal that they're setting for themselves may be a long process. But your suggestions are ways that you can feel better in the immediate future and the near future. And I think that is so helpful and beneficial to our listeners. So if somebody is intrigued by what you're talking about, Ash, how can someone uh, find you and work with you and learn more about all of this? Um, you can reach me at um, sacredjourneyswithash.com or sacredjourneyswithash at gmail.com. I have a website mm -hmm. and I offer classes online as well as in person if you're where I am. Mm -hmm. And I also will be putting up content, downloadable videos for people to learn about themselves and their bodies. So everything is all interconnected, right? Yeah, So absolutely. there's lots of fabulous information um, that we can learn to kind of help us move forward and feel better and, and be having a, a life that fills us with more contentment and peace, mm -hmm. which is really important <laughs> for a lot of things. Absolutely. Mental, emotional, and physical. Absolutely. Well, I would love to throw at you uh, some of the questions that I throw at all of my guests and see what your perspective is on them. The first one would be, what are some of the negative shoulds or the limiting beliefs that still pop into your brain now and then that, are, that you have to use your practices to overcome? Um, as always, not enough. Mm. I think that's one every human being on the planet can resonate Absolutely. with at some point or other. Absolutely. And for me, it is truly changing the languaging. So I am enough because mm -hmm. I am, and I can handle this. I've grown so much. I've overcome so much. And if you've done it once, you can do it again. Right. I am enough exactly as I am. I love that. And 
the flip side of that would be what is the positive motivating should that when you do have the, I think you just said the answer, but I'm going to ask you anyway, <laughs> the, the positive, positive thoughts, um, you know, that when you're sitting there complacent or you're sitting there uncertain, that gets you going again. For me, it's more that everything will pass. Hmm. And even though I may not know the answer right now, maybe it's just something I need to let go for a bit. And it'll come to me when the time is right, when I've made the mental connections or gotten what I need to get from, you know, a book or whatever. There's so many different sources of information that um, help us make neural connections. I, you know, I think that's so pertinent too. I am probably one of the most impatient people on the planet. And I think when we make a decision to make a change or we do start on a journey towards a, a change in direction it's, it can be difficult to stay the course or do all the things that you need to do to make it happen. Uh, I heard my, one of my favorite, um, well, he's not really an inspirational speaker, but he is. Uh, one of my favorite people on the planet is Gary Vaynerchuk. He is a tell it like it is kind of a guy. And he said it today. He said, you know, yes, it sounds like everything that I'm telling you is a great opportunity right now is hard, but guess what? Things that turn out great do take hard work and shouldn't they? You know, and so everything will pass, letting knowing and trusting that things are coming in their own appropriate time is hard for a lot of people when you work up the courage to take the leap or do the thing. And then you want it to be amazing right away instead of <laughs> right instead of then having to stick through it and, and go, OK, this is just one part of the transition. And then there's another. Um, the next question I would ask you is what advice would you give to yourself? I guess back when you were working at Nike, maybe I'm trying to go back far. enough. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give yourself then based on what you know now? Use your voice. Hmm. You have the power to make changes in your life. I love that. And then, and just oh, go ahead. Sorry, it's huge. Just speaking, speaking your truth with kindness and compassion, standing up for yourself. It's huge. It's incredibly empowering. Yes, I agree. And then, my favorite question uh, would be. What is the best advice that you have ever heard that you still lean on? That's a great question. <laughs> Just take life as it comes. No expectations, no worries, because, well, if you have worries, you're not doing, you know, the thing that fills you up. You're just stressing about what might or might not happen. And if you have expectations and those aren't met, you might've missed something that was really there that was even better. That And so appreciating. That is unbelievably true. Experience. So I have a, a new, I have certain questions that I tend to ask everybody. And then, um, and then I like to, I guess, like I said, throw out all different, questions and so on and so forth that, that could, I don't know, spark 
a, a teachable moment, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it. So the last question I'll ask you is, what is something that you think people misunderstand about you? Hmm. I think a lot of people think that um, being intuitive is, or psychic, if you will, mm -hmm is this sort of scary woo thing and that um, you are inviting in things that you shouldn't, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of people board, that, right? Right, yeah, huh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. Right. <laughs> but it's, it's not, what you're really doing is you're truly tuning into yourself. That's truly what it is. Everything outside of you is outside of you. Everything inside of you is what you want to pay attention to. So that's, that's what it really is all about. Absolutely. Love that. Yeah. Anybody like you could tell me to do something and be like, no, thank you. And you know, spirit guy could say something to me and I'd be like, mm, no, thank you. Cause it's, this is my life. This is my choice. And this is what I'm doing that serves me. And that's most important and the biggest priority. Right. So Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. Paying attention to yourself. I love that. Who you are in the world. Ash, I have loved having you uh, on this episode and I'm really excited because generally we spend a lot of time talking about processes for the, the guest self-development. And what I really liked about today's episode and something that I'd like to do more often on this show is really giving episode or giving episode, giving advice to any listener about things that they can do for them themselves as they prepare on this journey. So I'm so glad that you took time to not only be with us today, but also explain some of the processes, some of the options, some of the pathways that people can develop and find towards their own peace of mind, their own comfort level, listening to their own intuition and in theory, I guess, helping themselves make more sound decisions because they're actually listening to the messages that are being conveyed to them and not ignoring them. That is unbelievably important uh, and crucial. And again, I, I really am so glad that you were able to bring that to us. I want to stress again that you can find Ash at sacredjourneyswithash.com or you can email her on Gmail at that same address. And if you want to know more about this just tipping of the iceberg that we did today, <laughs> that is a place where you can go to, um, to hear from Ash and, and just gain some of her wisdom and insight. At the very least, Ash, you probably have one of the most soothing and calming voices I've ever heard. Uh, as we've discussed, it's like, oh, I could just sit here and I feel so calm listening to you. So again, I thank you so much for being with us today. And I would love to have you back sometime to maybe do a next level for our listeners. I think that would be wonderful. Thank you for being with us today.